DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thank you again, Chris. We continue to look at those areas that challenge us in the spiritual life, those struggles. And uh, we're about to talk about one that it can, I dare say, is a challenge for many of us in today's culture, whether it's in person with others or maybe television, things we see, uh, a lot of things that take us off the mark. All right, well, let's just dive into it. And we return to John, whom uh, we've been seeing since the first conversation. And he, too, has grown a great deal in the spiritual life at this point and is praying regularly. So we'll just look at what he writes in his journal. So this is one year after the last time that we saw him. Prayer continues to be blessed. I have reached Matthew 5. So what John is doing is he has chosen, others have chosen to pray with the readings of the Mass, John chooses to take a gospel and pray through the gospel. Both ways of praying are wonderful. Prayer continues to be blessed. I have reached Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and today, love your enemies. This verse caught my attention and it made me think, do I have enemies? Are there people I have not forgiven? I can see places where I need to change. What is new is that I really want to make the change. I'll talk with Jenny about my relationship with her family. So apparently there's some kind of tension between John and his in-laws. And as he prays with this Sermon on the Mount and Jesus teaching to love your enemies, it's a beautiful experience of prayer. The Word of God, he takes it in and he sees how it can apply to his own life and a clarity and a new desire to uh, grow in that relationship, in this case with his in-laws, uh, wells up within him. And this is what happens when we pray daily, you know, this kind of meditation we've talked about. And he plans that he's going to speak with Jenny, his wife, and together explore how he can improve that relationship. See, what if we did, prayed like this every day? And what would happen in our lives when we do? Those of us who are doing it know the answer to that question. All right, two weeks later, now he has reached Matthew 7, which is still the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given you. I spent the prayer focusing on this sentence. I encounter things in the spiritual life that I feel I can't do, that I'm too inconstant, too weak, too easily discouraged. But this I can always do, I can ask. And I'm just parenthetically, uh, that, that's a beautiful thing. No matter what the situation is, no matter what choices we've made and what consequences there are, and how helpless and hopeless it all seems, we can always do this. We can always turn to God and ask for help. And you know, I've just experienced over the years that when I do that, things really change. 
but this I can always do, I can ask. It was a good time of prayer, and it leaves me with greater confidence. So this is kind of gentle consolation and enlightening that going on in John as he's praying. Now it's a month later, and he has reached Matthew 9, verse 13. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Another word of consolation, it gives me greater courage in my struggles. Again, a prayer that's consoled and strengthening. Three weeks later, the final part of Matthew 10, where Jesus asks that no relationship be placed above our relationship with him, was not easy for me. So we'll just pause there. Why? The prayer has been very fruitful as he's been going through these chapters of Matthew. He has seen how they apply to his life. They've been encouraging. But now he gets to the end of Matthew 10, where Jesus just says that our relationship with him must be primary. And that's not easy for John. So something's been touched here. Two weeks later, Matthew 11 doesn't speak to me the way the earlier chapters did. Notice what stands out in Matthew 11, which has some of the warmest things that are said. You know, come to me, you who are a burden, and, and I will give you rest, my gentle, lowly of heart, and so on. But that's not the experience for John as he prays with this chapter. Matthew 11 doesn't speak to me the way the earlier chapters did. People did not receive John the Baptist. The towns were unrepentant. Things are hidden from the wise and learned. And, you know, just there's a beauty in this. So that those final verses of Matthew chapter 11 are among the warmest in the Gospels. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to the merest babes. No one knows the Son except the Father and to whom the Son uh, chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. But what John finds himself centering on is things are hidden from the wise and learned. I continue with this morning time, but I don't look forward to it as much. So if we want to use the same vocabulary, prayer has become drier and more difficult for John. The next day. Prayer is still empty, even hard. It's time to be honest, and now your heart lifts because something real is going to open here. Matthew 11 is difficult for me because this chapter makes me face a conflict. It has to do with Sheila, my assistant, who began working with me two months ago. It's hard even to write this, and it troubles me, but I'm drawn to her in a way that could end badly. I try to keep it in check, and I hope she doesn't notice anything, but she might. Two weeks later, now... He's reached Matthew 12, and it's still difficult. Matthew 12 is just as hard as Matthew 11. Pharisees complaining and resisting, trees with bad fruit, your own words condemn you. I find it difficult to pray, and not much seems to happen, except that the same thing surfaces and troubles me. Sheila, I joined her for lunch today in the cafeteria. I knew that, feeling as I do, I should not have. It's not right. I try not to show it, but my guess is that she knows. A week later. Matthew 13 is no easier. So why are these chapters, all of them, difficult and hard for him? And it's not because the scripture is somehow harder or heavier in these chapters, but it's precisely because he is praying faithfully that it is impossible for him to 
avoid or sidestep inconsistency which has developed between his prayer and his life. Prayer continues to be dry and troubled. I can't go on like this. Today I saw clearly that prayer is leading me in one direction, that is, closer to the Lord, to Jenny, to my children, and to the church, and this attraction for Sheila is pulling me in a different direction. Jesus, you told us to ask. I am asking now. I need you. I can't do it without you. It's just beautiful and perfect. Three weeks later, I spoke with Father Reed today, again, not alone, accompanied. I spoke with Father Reed today, and it was a relief to talk about this. We worked out, and and we'll find that, you know, when there are burdens like this in our hearts, they're hardest when we are alone with them. And when we, not anybody, but the right, wise, and competent spiritual person, we can talk about it. Simply putting it into words is the beginning of liberation from the burden. Uh, We worked out what I need to do about Sheila. I'll do it. Father and I will meet in a few weeks to see how it's going. For the first time in recent months, I feel better. One week later. Matthew 14. Jesus gets out of the boat, sees the crowd, is moved with compassion for them, and heals them. You can feel the tone is already different here. It was an encouraging time of prayer. I feel like he is doing this for me as well. I've been faithful to what Father Reed and I planned when we spoke, and it's making a difference. I think Sheila is aware of the change, and my sense is that she too is relieved. The boundaries are clearer now, and everything goes better when they are, so consolation has returned because the inconsistency isn't there anymore. And then finally, two weeks later, Matthew 15, the Canaanite woman's faith. She just keeps asking, and her prayer is heard. My heart lifted as I prayed with this passage as consolation again. I feel like my prayer of some weeks ago is being heard. Remember when he was sort of desperate and says, Lord, you told us to ask, I'm asking. I feel like my prayer of some weeks ago is being heard. I met with Father Reed today, and he was happy to hear how things are going. I feel whole again. So the dryness, the difficulty in his prayer in this particular case was caused by the fact that as he came close to the Lord in daily prayer, he could not avoid the awareness of the inconsistency between his prayer and where something was beginning to go in his life. And he takes the right steps. He prays for help. He finds the right person with whom to speak about this. They decide what he needs to do. He does it faithfully. The inconsistency resolves. His heart feels whole again. And his prayer is again on track as he goes forward. So this is another thing that can be there at times in our lives. And the the really key thing is just don't stop praying. What if John had stopped praying in those circumstances? And one of the most uh, telling examples of this that we have, I'd say, in our tradition of sanctity is St. Teresa of Avila's description of those roughly 20 years when she was, well, at best, let's say, half-hearted about really living her religious life. There was a worldly side uh, to the way she was living, involved in conversations and uh, that were just not really good for her as a contemplative nun. And she writes about that. I began, well, she had stopped praying, actually, uh, because of the inconsistency. It was just too hard for her to pray. Until, by God's grace, she went to confession to a wise Dominican priest who told her, start praying again. 
and she never stopped after that point. But she says, I began to return to prayer without, however, removing the occasions of sin. My life was very hard because in prayer I understood my faults more clearly. And then you have that moment of grace when she walks by the oratory and there's that uh, statue of Jesus at the crowning with thorns, you know, with the marks of the scourging, the thorns, and her heart is pierced by his love for us and what he's done for us. And that's the beginning of what becomes a life of great sanctity and a blessing for the church. But she, she goes through that experience where her prayer, her contemplative life is leading in one direction, but the way she's living is inconsistent with it. By God's grace, she follows the advice, picks up prayer and never stops again. And that's all God needs to turn things around in her life. We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. It's those temptations, isn't it, that so often we don't want to admit that they're there. There's a temptation or a a slide in a certain direction that we're kind of ashamed and we don't know. It's almost schizophrenic in in ourselves where I'm doing all these things, but then there's this secret area or this area I just, I don't know how to get out of it. And you know, again, I alluded that at the beginning. It could be a person. It could be things that we're watching. It's things that we are engaged in. I pull up the phone and I look at the phone. It, it could, because it's right there. And there are so many different avenues to slide off. We all go through that, isn't it? Because even that enemy that we've discussed and this moment of spiritual desolation, that's the number one move he has, is temptation. 
Yes, I, I'd say, and we're just going to be coming back to something we've been saying many times now, that as we live the spiritual life, we never want to have secrets. You know, there should be somebody who knows pretty much whatever is in my heart. Now, if you can find a Father Reed, you know, or, or in a confession and so forth, you have that place. But as I said earlier, sometimes just putting things into words with the right person already lifts the burden. In her story of, uh, of a soul, when Therese describes that uh, spiritual desolation, pretty heavy, that she goes through the evening before she professes her definitive vows as a Carmelite nun, and in the confusion and pain of that uh, spiritual desolation, her understanding of her vocation gets flipped around, and she now realizes, uh, she says she has the assurance Course thoughts coming out of spiritual desolation that the God is not calling her to be a Carmelite and that she's misleading her superiors by pursuing this and the, all of that anguish and trouble in her heart. And Therese is absolutely wonderful. So she knows the burden is there. She goes immediately to her wise and competent spiritual person who is her novice mistress, asks if they can speak, and she tells her everything. And this is what she writes. My doubts left me completely as soon as I finished speaking. My doubts left me completely, and that's all the desolation, the anguish, the turmoil, the trouble, as soon as I finished speaking. Now, one way to read that is that even before the novice mistress says a word, as soon as I finished putting all of this into words, the whole thing was over. So if any of us do have burdens like this in our hearts, you know, in the spiritual life. It would be wise to do what John does here. Find the right, wise, and competent spiritual person, and we'll find that just putting it into words, sometimes it takes a bit of courage, you know, to do that. You know, as I'm preparing to meet with my um, spiritual director, what I do is I prepare by reviewing what I've written in my journal since the last meeting. And as I write things in the journal, if I realize this is something I should talk about in direction, I'll put a little mark next to it. And sometimes I look at the mark and I say, I don't think I need to talk about that. And then, you know, I'll sort of catch myself there. Well, wait a minute. Not so long ago, you thought that you did. Why is it that you don't need to talk about it now? And usually with a little sinking of my heart, I realize that I really do need to talk about it. And very often that becomes the richest part of the uh, conversation of spiritual direction. So if any of us has a burden of this kind in our heart, then find that right person and uh, speak about it. And something like what happens for John here will happen. Uh, the burden will lighten and eventually be gone. And things will, will feel whole again, which is a wonderful way to feel. And that's how John says, I feel whole again my whole life is heading in the same direction, and that's a wonderful place to be. Yeah, just to say it one more time in this particular conversation, the inconsistency in the prayer, again, in his case, there was this attraction towards a co-worker, an assistant, but it, it can be just about anything that, as you said, we want to keep kind of secret for some reason. In our mind, we feel that's a necessity. So maybe there's an activity at work that we're engaging in that is troubling us, but we do it anyway. 
because we think it's good or whatever that I, you know, I could, I could go on with list after list after list, but that's the nub here. When you're, you begin to see that in your prayer and there's something that is just causing that particular dryness and something is starting to elevate, run, don't walk to get help for that because you, this is about sending captives free, right? Mm-hmm. And sure, things are going to arise from time to time in our lives. As we've said, these are the two basic tactics of the enemy. One of them is temptation, the other being spiritual desolation. And so the fact that we experience these, I'd say there's no surprise in that. But what really does matter is how we respond to them. Don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's that important. You know, don't be alone with it. Don't have secrets. Find the right person. Speak about it. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. Or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for struggles in the spiritual life, their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.